Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broadening our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I'm here with Jason. Hello. And Michael. Hey! What's up, guys? How you doing? You switched me up, man. I was about to talk and say, hey, <laughs> because you're supposed to say me first. <laughs> uh, just, just wait for your name. I've been alternating. I thought that would be fun. Did you alternate? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> it, it, we'll, we'll hammer it out. We're still Don't you days. edit these? I do. <laughs> I don't listen to them. That's why they sound horrible. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'm but, doing well. Thank you, Dustin. How are you? I'm pretty good, yeah. It's good that we're in a goofy mood, because this is a very goofy movie we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about today. Yeah. Ain't it, though. But so first, excited. as usual, what have you guys been watching? Ooh, I'll go first this time. All right, Michael. Okay. So I actually rewatched a film that we watched for Movie Club before we started doing genre exposure. Nice. Um, because my wife really wanted to see it, because she was jealous. Um, I rewatched His House. Ooh. Great movie. I wish we could have done an episode about that. I do, but, too. Yeah. And my wife was like, why don't you guys do this one on the podcast? I was like, because it's been like two months since yeah. we watched it. But, okay. So I'll give you the brief rundown. Yeah. It's a Netflix film. Um, focuses on two refugees from Sudan, I believe. I think that's um, right. War-torn Sudan that come to England uh, as refugees. And they bring some baggage with them. Um, perhaps a haunting mm. or a ghost mm-hmm. or a witch. <laughs> um, but as they get here, uh, it's a very dark movie, very serious film, but you get to see kind of the um, prejudices against refugees. Mm-hmm. And that feels very, very real. And you almost wonder, like, what's the real horror of this film? But as they get to their destination where they're supposed to basically sit and wait for their hearing, to find out whether they can be granted citizenship in the UK, they sit in this home. You guys know this. Just act like you're interested. I've already we've yeah. watched it, but just act like it's a surprise. I'm to very you. interested. No, you're I, not. I can't you're... wait to see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> As they're in this new home, it's falling down. Like it's a really big shithole, and they know it. You can tell that they know this place is a shithole, and the government knows this place is a shithole. But they put them here. And they just await for their hearing to find out if they're going to be citizens. Well, all of a sudden, some haunting shit starts happening. And they start seeing and hearing things in the walls. And dude goes crazy and starts knocking holes in the walls. Uh, we'll go from there. That's all in the trailer, so I didn't really spoil anything for you. Right, right. And notably for Doctor Who fans, Matt Smith. Yep, Matt Smith is in it. Yep, gives in their house. Also, let me find out her name. But if you recently watched Lovecraft Country... Oh, yeah, she's very good in this. Ruby was in this movie. Oh, God. I'm going to ruin that. Played by? Played by, I don't know. You can look it up. Um, (laughs) She's super cool. She's great. Well, listen, this movie is awesome. I have to give it my highest recommendation. Quit listening to us. Just go watch it. Yeah, I I mean, I told my wife, I was like, we can't really go back and do an episode on this because it's been too long, but I can at least try to give this movie some love. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a sleeper. A lot of yeah, people, I've not seen a lot of people. No, I saw. I've seen a couple podcasts talking about it, but I didn't hear about it from that. Like mm. I, this was one of those few times where I turned on Netflix and it bombarded me with the trailer <laughs> when I was just trying to read the goddamn synopsis and I didn't need it blaring at me. But it did, and it, I was like, I want to watch that movie. Yeah, I think I first heard about it the day just before you brought it to show. 
Yeah, so. and and we did we watched it on a blind watch together. I had not seen it. Um, really, so good Man, though. So good, yeah, so great good. acting, great effects, great story, great theme, everything. Yes, and the actress you were trying to come up with, her name is uh, Wunmi Masaku. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But yeah, she's a great actress. She really nails it in this movie. Yeah, and she's great in Lovecraft Country, too. If you haven't seen Lovecraft Country, that's also awesome. So. Lots of fun. Okay, cool. I'm right. done now. What'd you guys watch? Jason? I watched a movie called The Kid Detective. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's recent. I believe it just came out in 2020. Um, the synopsis of the plot is a once celebrated kid detective now 32 continues to solve the same trivial mysteries between hangovers and bouts of self-pity until a naive client brings him his first adult case to find out who brutally murdered her boyfriend. Cool. Interesting. That was not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool hook though. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very much a dark comedy. Um, it's it really it's one of those movies you can't talk a lot about without giving things away. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a mood for a uh, mature, you know, adult dark comedy that doesn't insult its audience and doesn't go where you expect it to, check it out. I recommend it. It's very good. Lots of fun. Where did you see it? Um, uh, it was on Amazon. I actually, had to pay to rent this one. Oh, okay. But you know, four bucks or whatever, it's worth it. Yeah, you money bags. Mm. Four whole dollars. Money bags. But no, I I recommend it. It's a great movie. Uh, Hmm. Directed by uh, Evan Morgan. I think it's his first feature. Cool. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Recommend it. How about you, Dustin? Well, you guys went super new. I dove back into the past a little bit. I found out of the all things, somehow my girlfriend has never seen Psycho. The Alfred Hitchcock original. Oh, wow. My and, wife has never seen Psycho either. Yeah, we were kind of talking about it the other day, and I was like, you know what? We've got some time. Let's fix that. Let's finally... Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it in years and years anyway, so why not go back to it? Yeah. And do just... I mean, everyone knows it's a masterpiece. There's nothing I can say that's profound about it at this point, but man, what a good film. Right. If you're like either of their significant others, and you haven't seen Psycho, go watch Psycho. It is so yeah. good. It holds up so well. And it, what I what I forget that I never remember till I go back to it is how much of the first part of the film where it's just Marion mm-hmm. yeah. and she's just going about trying to run away with this money. And you almost think like if you went in and you'd never seen this first time in theater and the film's called Psycho, you think that's maybe the plot about her going crazy and losing her mind. Sure. Or running from the law. And or that something. could be the yeah. whole film. But she just happens by incident to end up where Norman Bates is and kind of crosses paths with a killer like that. Mm-hmm. The first Psycho thing that I saw, um, I saw the remake. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> but I saw it in the theater by myself and I was like, ooh, I'm going to see a horror film by myself. Um, but yeah, it was really bad. And, I, <laughs> and when I watched it, I was like, what's the big deal about this movie? Why does everybody talk about Psycho? And then eventually I watched the original, the original. The real psycho <laughs> and mm-hmm. i was like holy shit this is... <laughs> yeah, it's, the it's fuck was that movie piece. that wasn't this movie i mean yeah anthony perkins is just so good in that he does not get enough credit for that role and even the sequels just him being in them makes it worthwhile to watch yes. those too yeah, absolutely i actually really like psycho 2 i think it's a great movie I've i like it. it yeah you gotta I've check it out it. it's fun so yeah hitchcock's a master psycho is one of the greats yeah this is no surprise but it's good that you showed it to her, and I'm glad that she enjoyed it. She loved it. I loved it. Great time. Awesome. I'm going to be watching it soon, because my wife keeps saying, like, we should watch Psycho, and then we just never do. I think everyone just needs to see that movie. Yeah. And 
she also wanted to see the birds too. She'd never mm. seen the birds. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, Vertigo is probably my favorite film that he has. Uh, Vertigo's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I have. I mean, I want to say Psycho is my favorite. Mm. And I I'd, I'd probably go with Psycho. And you think that's a cop out answer? No, is it okay? Uh, no, I think it's no, that it, good. It, it deserves there's it. There's a reason why people still talk about it. All right. I also really like Rear Window. Oh, yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Psycho. Yeah. It's definitely Psycho. Another time, maybe we should just do like a Hitchcock episode or something. Hitchcock exposure. (laughs) Welcome to the wild world of Hitchcock cinema. All right, are you guys ready for the synopsis? Well, first, the film. Mm -hmm. Psycho Gorman, 2020. Directed by... Steven Kostansky. We'll get into him in a minute. Um, but first, Psycho Gorman. After unearthing a gem that controls an evil monster looking to destroy the universe, a young girl and her brother use it to make him do their bidding. Yeah, so, that doesn't sound like it's going to be as crazy as it is, right? No, it seems pretty straightforward. Sounds like a typical 80s, you know, kids meet alien type movie type thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like an E.T. type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's something in the construction that this film is. What genre would you say it falls into? I, you have the answer to that one because I think it's a very specific type of genre. I think it's all the genres. It's a but. blending of quite a few things. So <laughs> this is. Let's take all the things we like, shove this shit in a blender, pulse that thing like five or six times, and what you get out of it is Psycho Gorman. Pretty much. Yes. So it's definitely a horror film. There's a lot of horror elements, monsters, I could have done that creatures. One. I could have said it was a horror film. Okay. I don't think it's a I'll horror give it film. To you. I disagree. To a point. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't think its intent is to scare. Probably Therefore, not. it is not a horror film. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Thank then you. I retract my answer, and you were wrong, and I was right, <laughs> Dustin. Um, Please continue. Let me just go from my... I'll s- interrupt you whenever you're wrong. Thank you. Well, it is okay to be wrong. I'll just go from myself. So there's two things that I really think this film's composed of, and the first one is kind of that... Uh, I don't know if it has its own name for a genre, but it's like the 1980s, like Amblin style family films. Nostalgia films? Kind of, yeah. That's definitely like one chunk of the movie. And mm-hmm. then the other chunk is these monsters and all this stuff going on, which to me, it has to be to them, I would hope so. It's all relating to this Japanese genre called tokusatsu. What is to- tokusatsu? You're going to think you don't know it, but you do, I promise you. So it's a style of Japanese live-action work where they use a heavy amount of special effects. And that's exactly what tokusatsu means, is special effects. Um, And there's a few sub-genres within that, which is where we're going to get into what you know. One of them is kaiju films, like Godzilla. I know those. I I love those. I'm a big kaiju fan. Uh, Masked Hero, like Super Sentai or Kamen Rider, which we know in the West, Super Sentai is Power Rangers. Okay. Cool. So yeah. even if you're not into that, you kind of get the vibe. People, My childhood, man. You know, dressed up with the helmets and stuff, sure. monsters in the rubber suits. Lots of sparks. And uh, Mecha, shows that have giant robots and stuff. Like, there was a Japanese show called Giant Robo that I think came to the West as Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. Oh, that's classic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or Gigantor. So all of these kind of involve, you know, people in big suits, rubber suits, that uh, act out the actions of monsters. And it actually has its origin in Kabuki Theater and Bunraku Theater. And it wasn't really formalized until Godzilla. That's kind of when it became a thing that people actually talked about and took and went forward. And they actually call the technique suitmation, which is the process of portraying monsters and other creatures with the use of elaborate suit acting. 
This makes Psycho Gorman sound uh, extremely prestigious. It does. A little bit. I would say it is prestigious. Fuck you if you don't think so. <laughs> I mean, but it's all, you might even call it like lowbrow, but it's just all fun stuff. It's people in rubber suits, lots of pyrotechnics, lots of explosions. And you see this everywhere. Everyone knows Power Rangers, Godzilla. Um, genre fans are definitely going to know Giver, which is a Japanese manga turned anime turned Western films. Yeah, starring Mark Hamill in the first one. Oh, yeah. And J.J. Walker. And you even see this stuff in, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The design of Ant-Man's costume, even, is very much a throwback to those masked hero kind of films. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is all over the place, and I saw it deeply in this film, which excited me. I think that's a big nostalgia for me. Like, mm-hmm. th- sometimes nostalgia hits you in, in like, well, I'm not going to say sometimes, because I think that's its whole purpose. It hits you in, like, colors your impression of something that mm-hmm. may not have been as good as you think it was, but it's there, and it reminds you of you know, your youth and, and I'm a big Toku fan. So that part hit me hard. And then I grew up in the eighties and the nineties. So the Amblin thing, this family movie angle, it all just kind of meshed up for me. Well, I mean, Jason didn't grow up in that age. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin and I are the same age, but Jason didn't grow up. I'm a little older. Yes. I'm sure you've seen all those films. I've saw them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sure. Sure. I like a lot of them. Absolutely. The but, Power Rangers thing was lost on me. I was a little too old at the time. Michael, oh, Michael and I were just the age to right. hit you. I, yeah. I mean, my parents, God bless them, they they went through all the crazy <laughs> stuff to get me the Power Rangers toys. Oh, like, man, mine too, and bless them, man. Christmas Eve, I remember my mom like sneaking out of the house on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where are you going? And she's like, I have to go pick something up, and because <laughs> and, we live in a small town, and we used to have a local toy store here, KB Toys, which I think was a, it's a national chain. It's a national chain. Yeah. But we had it in a super small mall here, and it was a tiny little store. <laughs> and my mom had just made friends with the manager. And they just talked, and the manager called my mom and was like, you're not going to believe it. We got a shipment of those turtle things in. <laughs> those mom, turtle things. Well, but it wasn't the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was the, what was the turtle zoid? Oh, I was like, uh, that was like geez. several seasons Yeah, in. that was a little into it. Yeah, but it was a big deal, and no one had this toy. Like it was the it was the Turbo Man of yeah. uh, of that Christmas <laughs> year. And my mom snuck out of the house on Christmas Eve and got it for me. And man, That's I awesome. realize I'm so fucking spoiled as yeah, a human being. You really were. Was, you probably still are. <laughs> still am. I'm so spoiled. I, mean, I graduated to the Japanese originals, but still, even now in my 30s, I'm watching you know Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, that kind of stuff. But do, do you have them on blue? You, it's hard to get. There's not a lot of Western releases of that stuff. You chump oh. fan. Mm. You fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's a couple of genres that this mm-hmm. movie is. That's well, what the else is it? ball field we're playing in. I think the biggest genre, though, is comedy. Yeah. Definitely. I think this would probably, you know, this might get categorized as a horror comedy in a lot of ways. Because, And I disagree with the horror thing, because I don't think this movie's intent to scare. It's more science fiction than horror. I yeah. guess maybe horror comedy is kind of where I even got the horror idea in my mind in the first place. Sure. Um, but yeah, like when you talk about Guar, the the horror rock band Guar, they consider themselves like a horror band. Not to be confused with the jazz quartet Guar. Is there a jazz quartet Guar? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a really unfortunate name for them. Because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of confused fans showing up at their shows when they're not spraying blood out of giant penis cannons. <laughs> Maybe they should. They probably should if they want a better audience. Um, but yeah, like Guar is considered a horror band, mm-hmm. but they're sci-fi. Yeah. You know, and they follow in that same vein. So I think Psycho Gorman's really... Psycho Gorman could play in Guar. 
<laughs> easily. Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it is science fantasy horror comedy. That's just a cop-out. too much. <laughs> I don't that's know. Some bullshit. They all apply. They all equally apply. They do, but pick one, goddammit. It's, <laughs> it's fair, though. This really is like playing to a lot of different genres, and I think that speaks to their tastes and where they came from and making it. Because uh, this guy, the director, Stephen Kostansky, he's part of a film collective called Astron 6. Okay. You were talking about this, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, okay. and they've worked on a lot of, like independent productions they usually try to do like 80s style inspired low budget horror horror comedies and i've seen i don't think i've seen all of their works but i've seen most of them and every one of them is great man just i've awesome. only seen which we were going to get to this eventually um and i promise we'll get to psycho Gorman. <laughs> we'll get there we'll talk more about psycho Gorman because that's the point of the episode listen we're building the foundation yeah it's all about the build-up man you know you can't just go right in you gotta no. build up it's right. all about the foreplay of psycho Gorman. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, the Void. Yes. We which, can't talk about this movie or Kostansky without talking about mm-hmm. The Void, which he co-directed with uh, Jeremy Gillespie. Mm-hmm. I think a, a modern classic. Is it too soon to say that? I think a lot of people don't really know about it. Right. Which is unfortunately. A shame. So The Void was initially streaming on Netflix. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also streaming on Prime at one point, as included with Prime. You didn't have to rent it or anything. Uh, my, I'm not sure where else, where else it is. I've got the blue. <laughs> Get your shots, guys. Shot. All right. And it's one that's truly worth owning, I think, even if you're not a super collector. But much like Psycho Gorman and all of Astron 6's output, it's very heavily indebted to the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it does have that nostalgic angle, but the thing about Astron 6 and and all of their directors and writers, they get it. They they know how to use nostalgia correctly. They still make a really great movie that stands on its own, that still invokes that feeling. Like, The Void is very reminiscent of Carpenter films. Yeah. And I have this problem sometimes when it is like a nostalgia play where if, I can't even quantify it, but if it doesn't seem genuine to me, I very much de- reject it and push back against it. <clears throat> Stranger Things! <clears throat> yes, I'm not a fan. But <laughs> Astron 6, like all their stuff, like they kill it every single time. I'm like, I'm right there, man. Agreed. I'm going to argue with you real quick. Mm-hmm. First season of Stranger Things felt very genuine. As we went on, started to not. I'll give that to you. Yeah, I agree. And then it really leans into that whole, remember this? Remember that? Hey, remember this? But I think in The Void, I didn't see Manborg. Um, which I think came out before the bo- before the, the void. budget hurts that one. It's a little. It's fun, mm, but yeah, it's but it's super fun. But the void is kind of takes all the things I love and throws them into a movie. I mean, I love John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the thing. It's probably the thing is probably my all time favorite movie ever. Wow. Yeah, I'm going there. And I'm the, I mean, it's a good pick. But. The creature effects in the void too for like the budget they have are yeah. incredible. Very reminiscent of Robotine. Like mm-hmm. very. It almost well, yeah. The director is a special makeup effects artist, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of great stuff, and it's not it's nostalgia, but it's it's nostalgia in a way that's just like we fucking love these movies, and we're gonna make one just like it because we love it. Yes, it's not. I'm not pan. They're not pandering to me. You feel their passion as you're watching. Yeah, it. Right. I was literally just telling somebody today, um, make the art that you want to make, and the passion that you put into it will draw people to it oh yeah. yeah sure you know if you're making something for somebody else you're never going to love it as much as you do as if you make it for yourself no so for all artists out there just always remember make it for yourself and That's listen you if you listen to our last episode about the fifth chord and you're still kind of reeling about this giallo genre 
Astron 6 has done one themselves, the editor. It's great. It's so good. I can't, I can't sing the praises of that movie enough. And it's a thing about Giallo. It's hard now, I think, when people try to do modern ones to get the feel right. Yeah, it comes across as just being a pastiche. And the editor is almost like the scream of Giallo films. Like, they both make fun of the genre and laugh about it while still being a competent Giallo. Yeah, they completely nail the feeling of, and look of a Giallo film. Yeah. Super good. So anything you see these guys on, like, it's worth a watch. Yeah. And Psycho Goreman uh, shares an actor with the editor. I yes. have not seen the editor yet. Um, but it's uh, Adam Brooks, who in Psycho Goreman plays the father, Greg. And he also uh, co-directed the editor. Oh, did he? Wow. Yes. Man, these guys are great. Yeah. I mean, I saw, the first thing I knew of the editor, I saw something about it. I think Rue Morgue had a write-up on it at Most one likely. point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, God, I need to subscribe to them again. I just kind of let it lapse. Good mag. Good mag. Um, <laughs> anyway. No sponsorship. But yeah. Just love them. But mag. I saw um, The Blue on your shelf, Jason. Indeed. Which so. we watched that as an early days movie club thing. We sure did. Yeah. This is when I didn't live in Kentucky anymore, and I was not part of the group. Yeah, you weren't cool enough, but now you are. I sat up in Ohio all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> sad, insert sad music here. All right, let's get to Psycho Gorman. All right. So quit fucking around. All right, take us in, Michael. Okay, so this movie starts off with this crazy homemade invented game between brother and sister. Uh, shit, what, what was it, was it called? Crazy was it? Ball. Crazy Ball. And there were so many crazy-ass rules, and none of it made sense. It's kind of like, uh, do you guys remember the film Basketball yeah. with Matt Stone yeah. and Trey yeah. Parker, yeah. where they make up? It's like that, but for dodgeball, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a weird hybrid. That works. And it's also completely believable that these kids would be playing something called Crazy Ball. Yeah, super eccentric kids, too. Like, the little girl. She's, yeah, uh, Mimi. She steals it, man. She steals I think movie. she's great. She's, I really do. She's a little mean. In a way, but you get it. Uh, Anita like, Josie Hannah plays Mimi. You've, you've, we've all known that girl. And that's the setup for the kind of Amblin plot of there's this dysfunction in the family. Yeah. But her and her brother are attached at the hip. Mm-hmm. You know, her brother's the one that's always like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think we should do it. <laughs> well, she, she, he also gives into her every whim and demand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's older than her, but I think he's also a little afraid of her. Yeah, she kind of browbeats him into everything. <laughs> right, right. But Shit, there's also love there. <laughs> yeah. But he also loves her, you know, and that comes across. Mm-hmm. And there's, as we'll see later on in the film, there's a lot of dysfunction in the family between mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And I and you can definitely tell that Mimi's um, overcompensating mm-hmm. and really trying to cover for it. The insecurities that she feels. I'm giving right. a lot of like deep psychological wow. evaluation to this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's there though. I think it it is, there. it's there, and that's why this movie and all the other Astron Six movies they work because they are so well written. It's there, like it's overshadowed by the comedy and the absurdity of the film, but it's there. Yeah, and I get it. You know, you really kind of feel sorry for this girl, and you get that her oh, brother yeah. does too. Mm-hmm. Her brother has already accepted, I think, the bullshit of their family. Well, he's digging his own grave after Crazy Ball. <laughs> that's true. Because <laughs> he lost, yeah, and the loser true. had to be buried alive. Yeah, which gives us to how they find um, the power item, or the item a that... strange amulet. Yeah, yes. the strange amulet. They dig up their backyard, and the parents seem to not have any real problems with this, other than the fact that it just needs to be covered back in. Well, so let's get the dynamic of the parents a little bit. Uh, Greg, the father, he's kind of one of those, like... Uh, doesn't want to do anything, really. He just wants to sit around, watch TV, But chill also out. be the cool dad. Yeah, be the cool dad. I see no problem with any of those. And the <laughs> mom... you have no fucking children. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. The mom, Susan, she's kind of, I guess, the order of the family. 
and unfortunately has to police even the dad as well. Right, right. I felt a little too connected to dad. <laughs> a, little, a little too real? <laughs> yeah. I related. Yeah. I related. <laughs> For uh, anyone listening, all three of us have um, very strong, powerful <laughs> women in our lives that are our significant others, and we know our roles. And we love them dearly. And we do. Very much. <laughs> yeah. If they're listening, we love you. Oh, they're not listening. <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> they're not. Oh, yeah. So they find the strange amulet glowing mm-hmm. uh, in the earth. And it's on this weird kind of like canister coffin looking thing. Yeah, some sort of sarcophagus. Um, so naturally, what do they do? Take it. Why take not? It. Why the fuck not? Looks, well, looks cool. Yeah, I'd take that. Um, which ends up um, summoning... Psycho Gorman. Well, he's not Psycho Gorman yet. No, not yet. What is his actual name? He's the Archduke of Nightmares. Yes. <laughs> and he comes from the planet uh, Gigax, which I'm sure is a reference to Gary Gygax, right? D&D. Very much so. If it's yeah. not, there's some real big coincidence. <laughs> no, I'm sure all these guys played D&D in high school. They know about Gary Gygax. Purely deliberate. Yeah. So um, what we know about the Archduke of Nightmares um, is that he is... Okay, well, initially he was enslaved mm-hmm. by this um, species that comes to his planet. They're kind um, of these, like, techno angels that look really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's um, still very rubber suity. Don't mm-hmm. when we When we talk about this, don't forget this is all rubber suit practical effects. And they kind of bring order across the galaxy by conquering worlds, and yeah, they the, control them. They seem to have a kind of a pseudo-Christian-ish Yeah, the religion. Templars is yeah, what they're called. Yeah, yeah. the Templars. Um, so... His race is his species is imprisoned and enslaved, and they're made to work the fields and mining camps. Yeah, and, yeah. mining camps, and and once uh, the Archduke of Nightmares um, makes a deal with, is it their? Well, he finds the gem. He when finds the gem, right? Yeah. But and he gives some power. But does does he make a deal? Like the gem is made from like the darkest powers of the witches of. I think that's the Jim's backstory. Yeah. Just, it's important. It. The Jim's backstory. There's a important. lot of backstory to this movie. Yeah, really and is. that's one of the great parts. It's just this epic mythological, and a lot of it's, you know, obviously over the top kind of nonsense, but it also, mm-hmm. it's strangely compelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so once he gets this power, you know, he's going to take on the Templar, free his people, and then unleash the rage that he's been building from being enslaved. By destroying everything in his path. Everything. Humans are insects to him. He shows up and makes quick work of a couple of guys. Right. Like, they're... They don't stand a chance. (laughs) But so in that uprising, eventually the Templars kind of get this alliance, a galactic alliance of races, and working together, they're able to put him down. He has a few lieutenants under him, very much like a Power Rangers villain. Yeah. And they kind of turn on him. The Paladins of Obsidian. Yes. And they kind of imprison him and banish him to a backwater planet that doesn't matter out in space, which is Earth. I mean, we don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Probably not. We don't have warp capabilities, so mm-hmm. we wouldn't even they wouldn't even really make first contact with us. Anyway. It's talking about a different franchise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so now little girl Mimi um, has the stone that gives him power, and... Uh, it also commands him. It does, yes, yes. Which is the conceit of the whole film, basically. Because when they meet up with him, um, he's already conducted what he says is his greatest work ever by taking um, these, what is he, a thief? They were, they were petty thieves. Yeah, yeah. petty thieves. 
and basically making him immortal by locking him forever in this trance of a nightmare. Yeah, he can't move, but he's like seeing everything. Yeah, and this great special effects of eyes actually rolling in the head. So it was, I mean, it was great. It's such a great scene. Um, but then the kids accidentally end up like knocking him over yes. and he explodes. <laughs> and. And he's very upset because this was his, his masterpiece his masterpiece that he can do. <laughs> so now, naturally, he's going to kill the kids mm-hmm. because... As you do. Yeah, right. As, he's just, just going to off them and then raise the planet, basically, and go right. back to destroying. But, surprise, Mimi has the stone. Mm-hmm. And as he's going to kill her, the stone starts glowing in her pocket. And she realizes, oh, wait, this is something to do with him. And commands him to stop. And he's like, shit. I have to stop. So now this little girl with a lot of issues is controlling this powerful force, right? Weapon of mass destruction. And from there is kind of where we, I mean, not like there's not already comedy in here, but this is where we really start kicking up the fun relationship between these two kids. This is where it goes back to being like the Amblin family film. Yeah. But they've got to name him. Sure. You know, like his name is the Archduke of Nightmares. And he they goes, don't like that. And he goes into like all of his other names of what he's been called and everything. But that's not <laughs> that's not really fitting. No. So after some deliberation, they finally land on Psycho Goreman. Or PG for short. PG for short. Yeah. Um, <laughs> end up, they order him to sit there and wait for him. You know, like he's their newfound pet or whatever. Yeah. And um, the start of their misadventures is really just trying to teach him about like Earth culture. Right. Like right. Crazy Ball. The Crazy Ball. Uh, he's completely baffled by Crazy Ball, doesn't understand it, and I don't either. And uh, Mimi's favorite, Hunky Boys magazine. <laughs> it's so, one of the funniest parts of the movie. That's possibly the best joke yeah. in the entire movie. Uh, yeah, so he becomes in, uh, you know, enamored with Hunky Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you guys noticed, but the one part where they're like dressing him up in human clothes, the one time his outfit is basically uh, Dr. Alan Grant. From Jurassic Park. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. So as things go along, um, this little kid that hangs out with him all the time, Jason, give me his name. Alistair. Alistair, yeah. Um, Ends up turning Alistair into this giant brain. Mimi Mimi asks Psycho Gorman to, like, Basically, make him love her. Make, yeah, he turns he turns him into this, <laughs> yeah, crank looking thing from Teenage Mutant Turtles. He's like like tentacles and big brain eyeball type thing. And there is no question. Like, I'm not sure what purpose. I don't. I don't know how that was supposed to. You know, in his mind, in in PG's <laughs> mind, though, this was the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so. But this prop this suit this special effect that great. that Alistair turns into is so great it's so incredibly cheesy you can see the paint you can see the latex mm-hmm. but it's so god awfully good like it, it's, it's intentionally done badly in a great way and it's not insulting us as viewers no. that's my no. favorite part of it is this isn't like some low budget movie trying to pass something off this is just straight up, look what we made. <laughs> and I think that's true of the tokusatsu genre as a whole. A lot of them don't have the best budgets or the craziest special effects, but they just put all their heart into what they make. That's yeah, pure creativity. Yeah. yeah, you show up and uh, you could see these guys in a pitch room together, like when they're mm-hmm. writing this. <laughs> and some dude goes and makes this thing, and he's like, dude, check this out. And they're like, what the fuck is that, man? Is yeah. that a giant brain? Yeah. 
Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's just every creature design in this movie felt this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as we go along... Uh, and... Well, speaking of creatures, so the other end of this film, we've got this Galactic Council, and what a lineup of amazing monsters. Yeah. <laughs> These are tropes of everything you've ever seen. Do you guys have a favorite among the Council? I think the... What was his, what was it, Nexus? He was the one that talked the most. Mm-hmm. My favorite's the one that's the brain in the jar. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he ever mind. says anything. He's always just sort of looking around. But he's, oh. but he's breathing heavily. So. <laughs> right, right. His eyes are always huge. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I can't even explain. There's no way for me to explain the brain in the jar without showing you a picture. <laughs> that's great. And it's when you see him, you have to laugh. You will laugh and you will smile because it's just so fucked up and good. Um, but these guys, you know, they're worried now. Mm-hmm. Because um, the no, stone nightmares is going to come back and kill them exactly, all. and they're led by a specific Templar uh, Pandora. She's kind of calling the shots. Yeah, she was the one that fell Psycho Gorman originally. And you don't know from this until towards the end of the movie when PG really gives you his backstory. You don't know what to think about Pandora mm-hmm. because psych- like PG isn't a good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's ver- it's very much a neat element where like she looks very angelic, seems yeah. to be good, but really, it's like an inversion of. We that. learn that that her people are the oppressors. Mm-hmm. Well, she kills a human to take her form, yeah, so she can come to Earth in that guise. And the way she she like squashes her into this meat cube, yes, <laughs> and it's so brutal. And then she squishes it and starts rubbing all over her face, and it's like she says no regard for other life. Yeah, none whatsoever. It's all about her idea of order. And everyone else can just die. If it wasn't until that moment, though, when she that you, sure that you get her true motives, yeah. mm-hmm. or that you right. start to see that she's not, you know, yeah, she, she isn't this she, bastion of goodness. Yeah, she doesn't care about individualism at all. Right, right. And maybe I was just naive, and you know, I figured she was not good all along, but mm-hmm. I was probably naive and didn't think she was that bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now that the stone is present and PG is now near the stone. They're pretty worried. So now it's time to come to earth. And this is just as psycho Gorman is starting to get along with the kids. Well, but really his goal is to get the stone back, right? He's kind of playing along. Yeah, tar- he's trying to grab it whenever she's not looking. And... Yeah. His whole plan is to get the, but as he's being around them more, he still wants to kill them because he's the Archduke of Nightmares, and that's what he does. Oh, yeah. But he's starting to realize, like, they're not horrible. Mm-hmm. He he kind of <laughs> likes them. And he learns that, you know, Earth's not that bad. He yeah. likes a lot of little luxuries. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of hunky boys. Oh, yeah. Hunky boys on Earth. And now we get this incredible cast of <laughs> Psycho Gorman's lieutenants. The Paladins of Obsidian yes. show up. Oh, and, my God. And Psycho Gorman thinks they're there to help. Right, but um, no. turns out they're not. Mm-hmm. They are there to kill him. These are these are probably the most Power Rangery villains. Yes, they're great. All, every design is so good, it, it, and it's done in a goofy manner. But each character is so interesting. I legit want to know more about I do too. them. Yes. I do too. I want to read their backstory. I want to see like their adventures. Yeah, there's the the leader of the group. Uh, his name's Dark Scream, which is an obvious <laughs> reference to Starscream from yeah, Transformers. Yes. Of course, and he's traitorous and everything, so that, that name fits. And Cassius Three Thousand, <laughs> he was my favorite. It was like this robotic, 
He was kind of like a Greek, Roman-y. yeah, like a neo Greek yeah. type thing. Yeah, it's just so much fun. They felt like everybody was allowed in the room to like create some mm-hmm. character and give them their own backstory in their mind, and then just flesh him out. Yeah, like, and maybe we don't know them, but they got them. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. here's some. They're like, okay, just make this. Just think of what you can do and make it. And, and it's that true, like, as they fight, when they hit, like, sparks are shooting off them. Right. And that's one of my favorite scenes because it yeah. goes slow motion. There's just epic music. Uh, Psycho Gorman had ordered the uh, paladins to kill Mimi and her brother, but Mimi's got the stone. So she's like, I don't think so, and makes him stand still. And they're just wailing on him. <laughs> epic music and all these sparks are flying and blood's going. And then it cuts to, like, the kid's point of view, and there's no music, and it's just a bunch of weirdos in <laughs> costumes hitting each other in the woods. Yes. Like there's some LARPers or something. But eventually it turns out that she's going to have to give him a stone. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to, because he's got a kill. Well, he gets hurt. He gets yeah. injured. Yeah, he and he needs, the, the stone is connected to his power, and he needs to, you know, be reunited with it so that he can fight back. And so once he agrees to not kill them in exchange for the stone. Um, well, there's a little, there's a little like uh, wrench in the work first before that goes down. Okay. Right, right. Right. We kind of get back into the whole like family film angle of things. <laughs> right. Um, Pandora's on Earth. She's trying to track down Psycho Gorman. And she links up with uh, the mother, Susan. And kind of tells her what's going on. Hey, this guy's bad. Right, right, right. And meanwhile, Psycho Gorman's been working on the brother, Luke, because he notices that rift between them. Yeah, he thinks Luke is his way to the stone. And there's a great there's a great dream sequence where he comes to him in a nightmare. Oh, right yeah. out of Phantasm. Phantasm, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. He and even comes out saying, boy. boy. <laughs> it was great. Oh, we were all sitting there just going, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. And then the punchline of it that, like, they talk, and then it's like, so what do we do now? And it's like, oh, we wait for you to wake up. And they just stand there for a few seconds, <laughs> looking around. Yeah, so he's working on them, trying to trying to get the stone back. But eventually, they come to a head where Pandora wants the stone so she can defeat Psycho Gorman. Susan wants to save her family. The kids want to help Psycho Gorman. And kind of in the middle of it all is this, you know, schlubby dad, Luke, <laughs> right. who uh, who to- also bends to Mimi's will. Mm-hmm. And to this point, he's kind of been, he had a conflict with Susan about his, uh, I guess his laziness, you would say, right? That he doesn't do anything ever. Right. He but he made, he made that chicken dinner. He tries to make them a chicken dinner, but he like puts the whole chicken in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, apparently it, it explodes it in the microwave. It explodes and they're mad at him for not cleaning it up and he's just feeling very un. Well, he felt pride at first because <laughs> I make dinner for my family. And in that one moment, <laughs> in that one moment when he could just do nothing and kind of save the day, he chooses to do something and support his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> right, and drives off and with her. takes them away. <laughs> there, you know the relationship though. The relationship between him and his wife really hurts to watch. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's real. Yeah, it's very real because. They don't realize what they're doing to their children. Yeah. Like, they're really messing up their kids <laughs> by their own inability to either, one, get their shit together mm-hmm. with each other and raise their children together, or just call it quits, 
separate. Right. You know, mm-hmm. get the toxicity out of that. And we've all been there in those types of relationships. Yeah, we mm-hmm. know. You've but... been in them or you've seen others. You know it. Or you're in one now. Oh, you shut your damn mouth. Dude. She'll hear it. She's upstairs. <laughs> She's upstairs. Right I wasn't now. talking about you. You're a little defensive on that, Michael. Your wife is up there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about me. Um, and you know what? Before we before we talk about this climax, we do need to rewind a little bit because something I want to talk about is that cop. When they teach Psycho Gorman how to play crazy ball, uh, some cops roll up on him because they're like, "Well, what's this monster?" Yeah. Right. And uh, he well, he kills one, but then he morphs the other into this kind of like bio bio cops. Yeah. he's called. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. And he's just great. He's making this stupid looking face the whole time. It's like a rubbery mask, and his gun like fuses to his hand mm-hmm. like in Videodrome. It keeps shooting out of <laughs> randomly. Just yeah. like he's, he's trying to kill himself. Yeah, right. but he, he keeps can't missing. do it. He yeah. can't talk. He, he's barely coherent. He's just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's in such bad taste, but yet so funny. Mm-hmm. And you think like this guy is just like his life is ruined now. Because he rolled up on Psycho Yeah, Gorman. because he had to show up and do his job. Yeah. Because of PG's casual cruelty. Well, and they're play- aren't they playing in a schoolyard, too? Yeah. Yeah, so th- this dude should not be at a school. <laughs> well, the worst part is that Mimi has to start explaining Crazy Ball again yeah. for Biocop, because he, you know, he's going to join in on the game, but doesn't right. know how to play. Right, right. <laughs> but so uh, Luke takes the kids and an injured Psycho Gorman and runs away, and Pandora kind of, like, baptizes Susan into being one like her with, like, the biotech armor. Yes. Right, right. She completely exploits her mm-hmm. and, and brings her into her. And it sets up our big final clash. Yes. Okay, so Psycho Gorman is injured. Mm-hmm. And he's dying. He needs the stone. He needs the stone to survive. And Pandora and their mom now have come to kill Psycho Gorman. And what we gather as an audience is that Pandora is also going to enslave the human race. Mm-hmm. They're uh, going to join the galactic empire thing that's going on. Right, right. So... Psycho Gorman knows that they're going to enslave Earth, too. But his ultimate goal is he just wants to kill Pandora as revenge. Um, So the only way to get Psycho Gorman into the fight and save the planet Earth is to give him the stone. Yep. And And just as that's all settled, (laughs) at the worst moment, Luke kind of goes, sides with the mom. Right. Right. And PG challenges Pandora to a fight according to the Templar's code, mm-hmm. and he chooses the fight to take the form of Crazy Ball. So, so now factions crazy... line up, and they play Crazy Ball to decide the fate of humanity. Yes, and everyone is confused. Like, right. I mean, the kids are the only one that know. I think parents know how to play Crazy they, Ball. They know more than Pandora or PG do, but yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Crazy Ball, this is our final battle. It's not really... Well, you do get a little bit of an act- a little bit of action between... Yeah, that's also filmed that epic, you know, slow motions and angles mm-hmm. of them throwing balls at each and other. And you can yeah. tell they're having a blast oh, yeah. while they're shooting it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, finally, we guess you know who's going to win Crazy Ball. Mm-hmm. And um, so because they made the deal with Psycho Gorman that, that if they gave him the stone, he would not kill... Uh, the kids or their family. He would leave mm-hmm. them alone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where you really get uh, Luke and Mimi kind of have their moment where he's like, you know, hey, you've been kind of a jerk to me all this time. It, you know, it's hurt my feelings. And at first she doesn't want to apologize, but she finally sort of like relents. Yeah. Apologizes. She does realize that she should. Mm-hmm. And they kind of reconcile their little rift that they've had. 
And so now the team's all back together again. And uh, Psycho Gorman goes on to kill the rest of humanity. Right, but because he didn't promise to not kill the rest of humanity. No, no. He starts slaughtering the other town members. Yep, and... He's fully powered. He gets this wicked awesome sword. But we do see uh, mom and dad finally start to put some differences aside a little bit and realize that they've kind of been neglecting their children <laughs> through all of their own personal drama and bullshit. And that's where you get the the through line of this Amblin film. You get the resolution there where the family has kind of sorted out their issues and they've come together and now they are closer and stronger right, as a family. Right, due to everything. So Psycho Gorman opens a riff <laughs> that he's able to walk straight into downtown of this town and he just starts hurling plasma balls at everything <laughs> yeah. and shit's exploding everywhere. It, it comes on the news. That this crazy monster is blowing everything up downtown, and and that's kind of our send off for the mm. film. That's we get one more look at Alistair. <laughs> yeah, still a brain. That's, Poor Alistair. That's man. life. And don't they go back to the council too? They do. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a, they have another a backup plan in case Pandora <laughs> failed, which involves a revolver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So yes. So it's not a man. it's not a complicated film, but it's so much fun, so much heart. I feel like I could watch this movie five times and probably pick up on something new every single time. As I well. I did something I rarely ever do. The next day, I watched it again. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yeah, Karen was interested in it, my wife, and because we, we were laughing about it, she's like, well, "What were you watching?" Uh, she was so ready to see the. She hunky was ready boys. to see it. She wanted to see the Hunky Boys. Who can blame, <laughs> Who can blame her? <laughs> and she liked it, and it was it was even probably better the second time around. Honestly, maybe because I knew what to expect. I don't know, but. It, yeah, I never do that. I never watch another movie right away like that. There's mm-hmm. an off factor to it because when you're watching it initially, it's all the things we love. It is everything we. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's to me, it's like if in 1980, the 1980s, Paul Verhoeven had directed the Masters of the Universe movie on acid. <laughs> I think this is what we would have got. What a tagline! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kostansky, maybe you need to like use this as your tagline. <laughs> yeah, I think it works. Throw that on the poster. Yeah, it's on the VHS cover. <laughs> we did have some issues with audio in this, though. Yeah, what was up with that, Jason? Did that change I, when you, did was you that No, it? it was the same. We we had streamed it through Amazon, because um, it comes out on Blu-ray in March sometime, I think. Um, but yeah, the, the audio was a little weird, especially for Mimi in, in particular. I don't know why, but so, her audio seemed really low in the mix. I wonder if that's an Amazon problem or a film problem. I, I question it. that. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Are you picking up the blue? <sighs> I'll buy it. Yeah, I probably will. I'm okay. buying yeah. it. So we'll have to wait and see when that comes out. But that was an issue that hit us while we were watching it. We did have to stop yeah. and try to fix it. Now, the second night I turned on the subtitles, and it was a little better. You went full uh, audiophile I <laughs> trying did. to fix it. I was, I was freaking out a we little bit. We were like bit. 20 minutes in, and I was like, dude, come on. I'm, I was fine. I was fine. I was straining it. too much to hear it. No, I really you were was. dying. You, yeah. were, you, oh. were, <laughs> you were going off the rails. Can't do it. Uh, okay, so we've talked about it now. Mm-hmm. I've got everything out. I've missed so much. That's the plot of Psycho Gorman. Yeah, there you go. There's the. I film. mean, there are more little like incidents and scenes, but it's really all just kind of building on that theme of like the the Amblin family fun moment or this like monster mash going on. Right, and even if you watch the trailer for this movie, I still don't think it prepared me. No, for no. for what it was going. Yeah, the trailer through. looks fun. But there's a lot of trailers like that where it's you know oh it looks like an escapist nostalgia filled kind of goofy. And then it doesn't really pay off. But this my, this one paid off a lot. I was really surprised how much I liked this movie. So what's your rating, Jason? Are we doing a rating already? 
Well, I have some criticisms if we want to talk right. oh, a little yeah, bit first. Yeah. Right, right, right. um, if you want to be wrong for a little while, that's okay. <laughs> well, it is okay. So, <laughs> when I think about this film, I think that when they made it, they're on a certain wavelength. And while you could appreciate it just as like a horror comedy or just as this or that, I think to really fully appreciate it, you kind of need to be on that same wavelength. Absolutely. Which for the three of us isn't a problem, but I wonder <laughs> about some other people that maybe aren't as immersed in this. Oh, this is not for everybody. If this is going to be like a, oh, what is what is going on right now? Right. This is one of those movies that I think if it were to play at a horror convention. Oh, it would kill. It would kill there. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you are the type of person that go to like Horror Hound or Mad Monster Fest or whatever part of the country or world that you're in that has horror conventions, maybe when we can have them again. Um, one day. Yeah. The, yeah. This would be one of those fan festival favorites. But So here's my actual quibble that I have. Okay. I love that it's a hybrid because I, I get all of this and I think it's great. But I think when you kind of drill down and look at it as like a toku style monster mash I think it falls a little short of, like, the amount of action and stuff I would want to see in it. And then I think on the other end is, like, this 80s family film thing. The actual story that's there is kind of rote and overdone. And it's definitely one you've seen a lot before. And so I feel like while it is a hybrid, in that way it kind of loses a little bit uh, of the feeling. Like, especially that final moment, the final fight. It's funny that it turns out to be Crazy Ball, but I really wanted to see them go at it, like, full out. And you see a little, but it just didn't feel like it was enough for me. I wanted another scene like when he fights his lieutenants. I, I will agree with you on that. His, his final fight with Pandora, I think, was a little underwhelming. I don't know if that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like you, you got the suits, you got everyone there, like, go right. at it, man. It would have been funner to see it a little more over the top. Mm-hmm. You knew it was going to be Crazy Ball, though. Yeah, The Crazy they, Ball part I like. But they that, do that keep because Pandora it, breaks the, the her deal. Yeah. They, they win Crazy Ball, she loses, but she's still like, no, I'm going to kill him anyway. And that's the nail in like her integrity is right. a hero and or not. It, it would have been more satisfying if I, I agree with you, if there was a bigger, more epic fight mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um, and for me, I love my monster mashes. Sure, so. sure. But I think I think with all the goodies we got in this movie, I think that's a minor quibble. Oh yeah, definitely a minor one. But I see it. Initially, I was a little, I was a little frustrated when you said that because I was like, no, Dustin, no. <laughs> but now that you pointed out, yeah, I can see that. I would have liked to have seen a little more there. Because I remember thinking as it went into the crazy ball, I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of going to be it, isn't it? I bet. Yeah. Because once he's powered up, he kind of just you know goes full out and then finishes her right away. Well, now you pooped on my bubble a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that aside, it's still an amazing film. Yes. That honestly, that's my only quibble with the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's tight. It's paced well. It's um, hilarious. There's really not a lot of a lot of fluff in it. No, no, no. Everything, everything. It's feels, trim. Yeah. Feels like it should be there. And again, like I said, it made me want more. Like his backstory, he keeps going into, and they'll, they'll cut him off, and they show the scenes of him like riding in this huge like air chariot, firing oh, yeah. lasers at some giant monster. I want more of that. Yeah. That's like me when I was a kid playing with my Masters of the Universe action figures. You know, it was just yes, yes. that hyper reality. And it was just, ah. Oh. I'm not, you know, I almost think it would be wrong, though, to do more of this. That's not the point of the film. Right. It's what we want, but it's not right. And the it's idea. good to be left wanting more. Right. That's what a movie should do. Right. Mm-hmm. It's as much as I want to see that, we don't. At I, least a movie like this. Yeah. I could, if, what would be hilarious, though, is if we got like a. 90s style animation mm-hmm. 
uh, bit of it, you know, like the way they turn Toxic Avenger into oh, yeah. uh, a cartoon. <laughs> yes. But it would be great just to have an awesome 90s style cartoon adventure of Psycho Goreman <laughs> going throughout the galaxy. Because, of course, then with animation, you can kind of do a lot more Yeah, as far as like the space stuff. You still get... You still get the goofiness of the character, and you get to go into all the crazy ass shit that goes on with him. At I would totally be down for that. But it should be done in the filmation style that they did <laughs> Masters of the Universe in. Yeah, give me like twenty minute episodes or less. Yeah, you know something quick and easy. I don't know. We might get. I don't know if we get that or not. But I guess the point is, these Astron Six guys are on fire. Yes, everything absolutely. they make is great. I can't wait for the next thing any of them puts out. All that sold. All I had to know for this one was just that it was the creators of the Void, mm-hmm. because I loved the Void so much. It was such a surprise. You'll love the editor too once you watch it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys watched it without me. So we'll get cool. you there. You were in Ohio. What were we supposed to do? You could have waited. <laughs> but so, Michael, wrapping up, what would you actually rate this if we get down to the nitty gritty? For me, five out of five. Full five stars for me. Respectable. Wow. Wow. I loved it. It's. All the things I love. I am just a total nerd for monsters and practical effects. Honky boys. Honky boys. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jason just picked up a, a Ruggiero Diodato Blu-ray called the, the Barbarians that I've not seen. <laughs> but the cover has a couple honky boys on it. And, Indeed it does. The and, Barbarian Brothers. Yeah, and I was I was all on board for to watch that. <laughs> but I absolutely love this movie. I... I went into it expecting to love it, mm-hmm. and I know that probably colored it a little bit, but then I still <laughs> loved it. I mean, it was it was better than what I hoped for. And that's the thing. My, my, my personal expectations were kind of high, right. so I'm familiar with their work. Me too. Yeah. And it delivered you know, more than I was expecting. Yeah, it's always hard because they a lot of filmmakers will have that one that you can tell was that was there where their ideas were, and it was really well thought out. And the next one is kind of like, okay, well, you kind of blew your load, didn't you? But this <laughs> not one, this time. not so much. No, they, it was just fantastic. So, Jason, where are you at on it? Um, because of that minor quibble, I, I would do 4.5. Okay, well, you don't one. get five stars anyway, so. I do. Yeah, that's like your I highest will. recommendation you can give. It's, you know, yes, it's a, it's an honor rarely bestowed, but one day it will be. Soul Plane, you already told me. <laughs> Yes, so plain, of course. He gave so plain five stars. <laughs> five stars. Well, it was an easy sell on me. I loved it so much. I want to see more people try to do this style because really, I mean, it's not a, not a lot going on. You can kind of go to the MCU films to get a little bit of this, but then that's also leaning more on American comic books. Right. So it's still a little different. But yeah, man, I loved it start to finish. But What's your rating? Because of my hangups a little bit, I am going to say, I think, you know, four out of five. Okay. All right, so we're on the I'm same level. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. You're wrong, but it's fair. <laughs> but it's okay. That's still, especially from us, that is a raging endorsement. And absolutely. Get out there. Check this out. So we rented this from Amazon, mm-hmm. like we said. Um, Actually, I went ahead and bought it from Amazon. Isn't it coming to Shudder or something yeah, soon? In yeah, in a month or so. We just couldn't wait. No. No. It was also my pick, and I, I didn't want to watch this movie by myself. So it plays great too as a group watch. Yeah, yeah, probably better. Yeah, be safe about it though. Right now, be safe about your group watch. Mm-hmm. Don't get together with people that aren't necessarily part of your circle or your pod. <laughs> um, right. Be responsible. Be responsible. 
But yeah, cannot recommend it enough. Watch it. Check it out. Check out all their other films. Great right. stuff. So next week, Jason's pick. It is. Oh what my are we gosh. watching? Um, we're going to watch a movie from 1981, arguably the best decade for horror. Oh, yeah. It is called Dead and Buried. Cool. Directed by Gary Sherman. I've heard often of it and never had the chance to watch it, so I'm excited. It's one of those underseen movies from the 80s I think you'll enjoy. Same for me. I've seen the poster. Yeah. It has a killer poster. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the poster seems like it's one of those things that you've seen it so much that you're like, I'm pretty sure I've seen Dead and Buried, but you haven't. because Probably you haven't. And I can remember in the video stores, I picked up the VHS box so many times and just, I guess every time there was always kind of something else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's never got to it. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited. All right. We'll see how that turns out. All right. Well, as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Write to us. Talk to us. Dustin, where can they find us? Genreexposure at gmail.com or at genreexposure on your favorite social media. You can also find Hunky Boys on our fans-only site. (laughs) (laughs) And those Hunky Boys would be us. Uh, Depending Uh, on that, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, they're not as down for it as I am. Um, Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Take care.